Now, without me saying anything to you, I want you to consider the context, and then you will understand why I say it has been misapplied and misused. It says, therefore, be merciful just as your father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will open our eyes this morning to see your truth, open our ears to hear your voice, our minds to understand your word, and our hearts to receive everything you have in store for us. Lord, we want to be more than mere hearers of your word, but doers also. So God, we pray that this morning someone will be reconnected to you. Whatever occurred that caused them to, to walk away from their relationship with you, I pray that you'll draw them by your Holy Spirit back into your arms of love and grace. Bring us into that strong place, into that holy place this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. I want you to keep that scripture in your mind and, and, and think about it a little. But don't know if this has ever happened to you. Think I have, I have done it. Um, you, you call someone for something you think is important. And they don't respond to you. And especially when we use the new app, WhatsApp now. You send them a message as well. You see the blue thing. And our first assumption is they read the message and they did not respond. And we begin to say, it must like them not like me. It must be a problem that they have with me. See, I have called them and I have texted them. They saw the missed call, they saw the message. Why wouldn't they respond to me? And we begin to not only question the why, but we formulate our own reasons for the why. Have you ever done anything close to that? That's called judgment and judging people. You don't answer me because. You didn't tell me this morning because. Tell me morning this morning because. You walk past me because. You don't talk to me anymore because. That's called judgment. And so we feel offended. And so because of the offense, we think we have the right to judge the offender. After all, how could they treat me like that? 
know who I am? And that's where the pain starts. When we judge someone, meaning we assume why they did what they did. Now, people have a little thing in English that they use to assume. We will not say it, say it in church. But, but we like to assume things. We always want to assume why people do what they do or don't do things. We give their behavior emotional significance in our lives and we receive the pain of offense, which grows into hurt, suffering, and eventually turns into bitterness. Let me say it again. When we judge someone, here's the thing that happens. We are assuming why they did what they did. And so we give their behavior emotional significance in our lives. And we receive the pain, the offense, the pain of the offense, and this pain grows into hurt, suffering, and eventually leads to bitterness. You see, our emotional pain becomes window through which we live our lives. In other words, here's what happened now. So all of a sudden you have this pain. Right now you're living your life through your pain. If you're having pain, everything that people does. Everything people say, you view it through the pain that you're going through. That is why we need to be set free from our emotional pain so we can get a different perspective of people and a different perspective of life. Because too often we are viewing things based on the hurt that we're carrying. I, I could give you a... You know that there are some people, I, I'm, I'm like I'm learning as I grow, that... The, People are saying to me that there are some women who like to be beaten. Thinking like, that's not a normal adult. If, if you like to be beaten as an adult, male or female, you're, you're not normal. You are not normal. Let me say it again. You are not normal. Because normal adult human beings don't think that way. What is happening is that a hurt in you is causing you to make that behavior acceptable. Amen? So our emotional pain becomes window through which we view life. So now, instead of that incident being a one-time thing, it becomes our interpretation of everything around us. And our past pain then dictates our future perspective. So one time, the person will call you back. It's a one-time event, but you turn it into a lifetime pain. And it affects and dictates your perspective of the future. Our past then becomes our future. The original problem wasn't the offense. The original problem was the judgment of the offended towards the offender. It is the judgment that causes the pain. So once you claim the right to judge, you open yourself up to ongoing pain in your life. That is why the Bible says, judge not. Because when you judge, you're opening up your life to pain. People who like to judge carry a lot of things in their heart. And it causes pain. Because judgment is, is creating the why for someone's action. And then when you create your own why, you carry it emotionally. That is why you can't judge. 
So, you need to write this down somewhere. The root of our pain is the judgment we made. The root of our pain is the judgment we, we made. Write that down somewhere. And don't forget it. The root of our pain is the judgment we make. Hallelujah. So I'm going to help you this morning. And I want us to stop judging. So just lift your hand with me, right hand, and say, As of today, I will stop judging. It's done. All right? Now I'm going to give you the how. Because saying it is one thing, you know. Doing it is a completely <laughs> different thing. So let me give you the hope. All right. So I'm going to let you understand this. First thing we need to understand is acknowledge that judging has consequences. Judging has consequences. So judge not because there are consequences for judging. And sometimes we justify our need to judge, not realizing there are consequences for judging. Why? Because judging others cause others to judge us. And none of us like to be judged. Especially when the judgment is wrong. That's why the scripture says this. Give and it will be given back to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaking together and running over. Will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use. It will be measured back to you. What's the context of the verse? The context of the verse starts up at verse 36. It says, therefore, be merciful just as your father also is merciful. So it's speaking about mercy. Then it says, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Jesus was talking about what we give to others emotionally. Let me say it again. The context of this verse is that Jesus is talking about what we give to people emotionally. What you give to people emotionally, that is what you're going to get back emotionally. Makes sense, right? Because if you sow hate, you're going to reap hate. It is the principle of sowing and reaping. What we give to others emotionally and relationally will be given back to us. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. So if you want some love, then give some love. And you will get it back in good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. If you want mercy, give some mercy. But if you sow judgment, you're going to get back judgment in good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. So people will give back to me what I sow, except they always give me more than I gave. You always get back more than you give. So if you're giving up, 
bitterness. <laughs> You're going to get it back bitterer. I'm telling you. If, if you give kindness, if you give love, you get it back good measure, press on shaking together. If you give criticism and judgment, that's what you're going to get back. Do you know maybe why people are always criticizing you? You're always criticizing people. You know why people are always judging you? Maybe you're always judging people. So why do people treat us the way they do? Sometimes it is them. But oftentimes, we are reaping a harvest of the seed that we sow. That's why Jesus warns us not to judge because the root of our pain is the judgment that we make. Judging has consequences. Judging is assuming to know why someone did what they did. We assume that we know. Judging is not acknowledging what a person did. Judging is, is, is not even expressing how what the person did impacted you. Judging is assuming the person's motives. Think about it. When you're judging someone, you're assuming to know their motives. That is why in the court of law, motive is important. And you can't look at action alone to determine motive. So how do we do it? Let me help you. When we judge people, we judge, we question their motives. Why? But when we judge ourselves, we judge our actions. What? So we have a different standard of how we judge people's actions and how we judge ours. I can give you a quick example. Like when someone else is late, they don't respect people's time. But when you are late, you just had to make some breakfast for the kids. But if someone else is late, it must be something wrong with their motives. They don't respect my, they're questioning their motive for being late. Not the fact that they're late. Amen? When you determine that you know the why behind the what, you have become a judge. So when I don't call you back, don't question the why. Because you're judging me. You know how often I've tried to judge the why? And then when I talk to the person, it is, I, I feel so embarrassed. Like it was so far. The why was so far from it, I don't even want to tell them. Because I feel bad. Has that ever happened to you? You were thinking. You created the motive for the person's action. And then all of a sudden, when they told you and gave you the explanation and you realized, you're in shame because you realize you went so far down a road. Mm. 
never even existed. Right? They have what they call the fundamental attribution error. Right? And here it is. It's in your notes. You do what you do because of your character. I do what I do because of my circumstances. That's the same thing. You judge people by their motives and you judge you by your actions. In other words, it is my circumstances why, I'm here, why I am late. But you, you're late because of your character. You see, the reason why I, you didn't call me back is because I saw your state. You don't have no respect for people. But when I don't call you back, is my credit done. It's my circumstances. But for you, it must be a character. The reason why you don't tell me morning is because you don't have no brought up seat. But you see, when I don't tell you morning, I'm just having a bad day. My circumstances. It is called the fundamental attribution error. We do what we do because of our character. Uh, or you do what you do because of your character. But I do what I do because of my circumstances. So we end up judging others while we justify ourselves. We judge others and justify ourselves. Judge not. So here's the problem. Sometimes, and this is true for all of us, we don't even know why we do something, much less why others do it. Sometimes people ask you, why did you do that? And you say, I really don't know. So why do we believe? If we don't know why we do what we do, why do we believe we can judge why people do what they do? So Jeremiah, in chapter 17, from verse 9 to 10, says this. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Meaning your heart and my heart, without the Holy Spirit operating and leading us, is the most deceitful. Listen, of what? Of all things. Of all things. In other words, your heart will deceive you. My heart will deceive me. When we begin to judge, when we begin to create motives from our hearts, it can be wrong and it could be wrong because our hearts are deceitful. Not only is it deceitful, it is desperately wicked. Our hearts have a propensity to think the worst. That is why we are not supposed to judge. Who really knows how bad it is? In other words, we don't think our hearts are really bad. Enough. We think we have good hearts. And that is the deception about the heart. Because we think our hearts are good enough to judge. But we really don't know how really bad it is. It's in the scripture. It goes on and says, but... I, the Lord, search all hearts. And watch this. And examine secret motives. Whose job it is to search for motives? God. 
God is supposed to figure out the why of people. Not you and not me. Come on, just, just say with me, leave the why to God. God says, because he's the judge, I give all people their due reward according to what their actions deserve. You, you realize what he says? First, he speaks about the secret motives of the heart. Then he says, having known what, known what the secret motives, he gives them what their actions deserve. We start from the outside in. God starts from the inside out. When you assume why someone did what they did, you respond based on your judgment. And that, that judgment is what causes offense and pain. The root of your pain is the judgment you make. All right, secondly, judge, judging gives significance to someone's behavior. It gives significance to someone's behavior. Let me, let me explain that for you, right? Matthew 7, uh, from verse 1 to 2. It says, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Listen, nothing outside of you has the power to hurt you until you give it significance. Nothing someone does has significance until you judge it. Part of the, the reason why we're carrying all of these things is because we're judging. And we take something from the outside and we bring it on the inside of our life. We have been set free by God, but yet we're bringing all this baggage that God has set us free from, and we're bringing it outside. If we just look at people's what, we would not carry so much hurt. Listen, I'm telling you right now, if you have a problem with somebody, it's not because of what they did. It's because you're questioning why they did what they did. In other words, you are giving significance. The, the, the more significance you give to people's behavior, Here's the thing, is the more you're going to walk in bondage to those things. That is why when, 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 when you have a conflict with a person, you start questioning the why, you begin to walk in bondage. You don't want to see them. You don't want to talk to them. You feel uncomfortable. And all of these things are affecting how you operate and flow in your relationship with God and your relationship with others. You're giving significance to their behavior. You see, once you judge, the degree of significance you give it determines the degree of faith it causes. The more you put emphasis on the why, is the more you're going to hurt. If you just leave it alone, it leaves you alone. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Listen, listen. If you leave it alone, it will leave you alone. Just leave it. I'm going to get to that at the end. Just leave it. Because we read it in the scripture. It's in the Bible who's supposed to be judged. But we're going to get there. If you leave it, it will leave you. And why? 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 You can't, you can't, you can't give significance to that behavior. Because people can intend to hurt you. But it has no effect. And others have no ill intent. And yet, you're devastated. 
Listen, there are people who are set out to hurt you. And it don't even bother you. But there are some people who have no ill intent. And it devastates you. You, you don't believe me? Listen, you have some enemy who are chatting you. And here is what happened. It don't even bother you. And someone in your church who you have a relationship with speaks about you with no ill intention to hurt you. And you get devastated. Them sit down and gossip me. Them sit down and them and chat me. All hypocrite them are church. Me not have no But your enemy talking, you know, and it don't bother you. But your friend. Why, why does this happen? It's not their behavior that caused the pain. It is our judgment and the level of significance we gave to it that caused the pain. That is why I said the root of your pain is the judgment you made. So judging causes pain in two ways. Number one, it's so seed for other people to judge you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. And it affects your own heart to the degree, to the degree you give it significance. So if judgment causes pain, what must I do? If judgment causes pain, what must I do? Abandon your right to judge. Leave it. Leave the judgment alone. Luke 17, verse 1. Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offense should come. It is impossible that no offense should come. People are going to ignore your WhatsApp message. People are going to ignore your phone call. People are going to walk past you and not tell you morning. People are going to go through phases that they don't feel like talking to you. You're going to ask people things, and you have been very kind to them, and they tell you no. Don't think that they are mean. Don't put a why to their actions. Not because you gave when they asked mean that they must give when you ask. Let me help you. Offense will come no matter what. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with life. If you have never been offended, you are not normal. You are abnormal. You are what the system would call a person with special needs. So if I give up my right to judge, what do I do when offense comes? So if I'm not supposed to judge and offense are going to come, what must I do? First, I must understand that I have a right to observe. I am an observer, not a judge. We observe. 
For the scripture tells us, the scripture tells us what man is supposed to do. Watch it. Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 16 to 18 says it. You will know them by their fruit. How are we supposed to know people? By their fruit. Questioning their motives. By their fruit. It says, do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or fig from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Right? The way we know people is by their fruit. That's it. We know people by their fruit. So we deal with the what. And we say to people, you know, what you did offended me. I didn't like what you did. And if you feel a need to, you know, I'd love to know, why would you do something like that? At least give people the opportunity to express to you what their motives are. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. Stop right here. God doesn't see things the way you and I see them. People judge by what? By a... Come on, say that is the problem. But the Lord looks at the... can see is the outward and that's what we can comment on comment on what you observe not what you think I saw you doing that talk to me my brother talk to me my sister because I'm supposed to judge fruit not heart Amen. It's a good way to put it. Judge the fruit, not the root. That means when we are offended by someone's behavior, we have a choice. We can either judge by assuming why they did it, or we can take what we observe to the person and let them know how the behavior affected us. So, I have uh, one of my mentors, right? Husband and wife, but the husband and I are very, I mean, we, we have like a language of our own. Like when I call and he doesn't respond, we kind of know how that works. And I don't feel like calling back, I don't call back, he don't feel like calling back. We talk when we talk and like no time has elapsed, all right? With the wife, her name, some of you know her. We call her Sister Samantha, all right? And her expectations are a little bit different. Alright? So, if she sends a message, she expects you to call. And she's going to call and say to you, listen, I do not like the fact that when I call you, you don't call me back. So she's speaking to the action. 
so we don't have any problems because if she has a problem, she goes speak about the action that causes an offense. The issue sometimes is that when the action offends us, before we speak to the person, and, and this is why we don't talk to people. We don't talk to people because by the time we get to them, we have created so many whys that we have gone too far down the road. It is the why that makes we don't talk to people. If one person did something, you say, you know what? You, you walked past me this morning, I never said morning. And I felt offended. It should have been dealt with right away. They would say, no, no, you know, I didn't see you. you and it could be done, you know. What happened is that when, when, when that doesn't happen, and you go home and you sit down, you say, can you imagine? Six years, me, I go to church and work. I'm going to never post them yet and I tell them morning. I'm going to make sure I position myself in the morning spot. I know them see me. I know them see me. Come here. Come here. I stretch out the, the, COVID, the COVID touch. But they still walk past me. And you know what? And you know who was standing right beside me? Spirit. And Spirit not so cute at me and they still cause the Spirit. creating all kinds of why. They must like Peart more than them like me. A true Peart work a bank. A true Peart have nice care. I bet they didn't rich like them people. Eh? They want to treat me so. A true me the rich. Them have them one clique up there. I clique them off. True me the pass of them clique. That's why them don't like me. I bet you, I bet you say, I bet you, I bet you say, Pastor, call everybody during like COVID time. Why you not call me? A long time, he knows in a life, but he not stop me from going to church yet. <laughs> I'm telling you, people, <laughs> I'm just, just, let me get back. Let me get back, let me get back to the notes because when we create, we create all these whys. Instead of just going to the person and ask them about the what they did. You see, here's what the Bible says you must do. Moreover, Matthew 18, verse 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, he says, go and tell him. That, that the sin is the what. What your brother did offend you, go and talk to him. He says, his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, watch it. Some scripture says win over. This says gain your brother. That's called restoration, confrontation. Restoration, confront. The purpose of confronting persons is not to lose them. It's to win them. What judgment causes is that we lose the person instead of winning the person. That is why we have to confront the person so we can win. Watch this. The first law of confrontation is to release all judgment. If you are going to confront people, you have to release all judgment. You, you cannot judge. You have to release all judgment. You have to remove all of it from your mind. Judgment. Why? Because judgment seeks punishment, not restoration. That is why we have to release all judgment. 
Loving confrontation simply reveals to people what they did and how it made us feel. It is not the judging of their heart, their character, motive, their thoughts, their feelings are their priority. It is saying, listen, you did this to me and this is how I feel. This is how I feel. All right? So now we, are we have acknowledged that there are consequences for judging. We are supposed to abandon, abandon all judgment. So if I'm not supposed to judge, what's supposed to happen? Very simple. Accept that only God has the right to judge. In other words, leave all judgment to close this out. Romans 2, 1 to 2. Therefore, you are inexcusable. Inexcusable. Oh man, whoever you are who judge. Whoever you are who judge. You are inexcusable. For in whatever you judge another, here's what happened. You condemn yourself. Come on now. Let me hear that. When you start judging people, you're condemning you. For you who judge, practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. God's judgment is the only judgment that's according to truth. God is the only one capable of judging righteously. Why? Because our hearts are desperately wicked. God is the only one who can judge according to truth. And that is why most of the times when we judge, we are what? We are wrong. Matthew 7, 3-4. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, help, let me help you, what? Get out, get rid of that speck in your eyes. When you can't see past the log in your own eye. Let's put it this way. We all have a log in our eye. So maybe, just maybe, what we are seeing in terms of motives is not really what is there. Instead of being wrong and receiving condemnation, why not let God do it? People judge husbands and wives. Kids judge even their parents. Question, have you ever heard kids say, you don't like me. That's why you do that. You have to stop it. Here's why. Because you're bringing condemnation on your own self. A spouse does something and the next spouse says, listen, it is because you don't love me. Why? Instead of looking at the action and dealing with it, we get 
person's motive. You see, our limited vision due to our personal issues makes it impossible for us to have the right to judge others. Listen, we all have issues in our own lives. We all have some pain and some hurt. Thank God some of us are getting over them. But because we have issues, we can't see issues clearly. So John tells us in verse 8, chapter 8, verse 7, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. In other words, if you are without sin, you have the right to judge. The only person who qualified to throw a stone was Jesus. And he was the only one without a stone to throw. Let me say this to you. You have to be like Jesus to judge right. And when you're like Jesus, you won't throw the stone. So either way, the best thing to do is judge not. Because instead of throwing condemnation, Jesus could have done, he poured love on the lady. Judge not. God's judgment is the only judgment that keeps us pain free. So the root your pain is the judgment you make. In fact, Romans 12, verse 18, Paul says, Do not take vengeance, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay. God says that judgment is his only. He will make things right. The only way I can leave room for God's judgment is to leave the room of judgment I'm occupying in my heart. There can only be one judge. No courtroom has two judges. Either he is going to judge or you are going to judge. If one leads to peace, the other leads to pain. The choice is yours. Either you trust God or you play God. Today God is giving you the choice. The truth is so many of us, we have been playing God because we think we have the right to judge. You know this is a hard message for all of us because every one of us have been hurt and have judged the person who hurt us. And so today God wants us to give that to him. To give him the hurt. To give him the judgment. To give him the right to judge. To give him the need to know why. The need to see repentance. The need to see punishment. So allow him to be the judge. And to give you healing 
to just bow your head right where you are with me this morning. With your eyes closed. I want to pray for you this morning. Listen, you have such potential. In fact, when I started this week, my sermon was about the masterpiece that we are in God. Scripture in Ephesians that says, we're, we're God's workmanship, God's masterpiece. There's so much that God wants to do in you. So much more he wants to accomplish through you. And I know you have done a lot in God's kingdom. But imagine the prophetic fulfillment of the word of God has said. For eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of any man. The things that God has in store for you. That's where God wants you to, to live at. And these offenses have caused us to walk with this pain because we have made judgment. But who the sun sets free is free indeed. God wants to free us this morning from every pain caused by the judgment we have made. He wants us to leave all judgment to him, abandon our right to judge. He wants us to acknowledge that there are consequences when we judge. So with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to pray and say, Lord, forgive me for judging. Go ahead. I mean, I have been guilty of it. I have judged others. So maybe you know some persons that you have judged. Just repeat those names. Say, Lord, you know, I've judged mine. Maybe it's a wife, maybe it's a husband for you, maybe it's a parent for you, maybe it's a co-worker. Just say, Lord, forgive me. They did something that offended me, and instead of asking them about what they did, I, I judged them. Forgive me, Lord. Just tell him that today, God, I choose to repent. I choose to, to turn away. I abandon the right to judge others, to question their motives. I will seek to know them by their fruits, not by their heart, because you see the heart. Come on, just keep praying. Just say, Lord, I leave all judgment to you. I refuse to play God. You are God, and I am not. Lord, thank you for setting me free. Say, I am free today to be all that you have purposed me to be. Say, God, today, as I'm free emotionally, it is the beginning of my better days. I declare that by faith, and I receive it by faith. In Jesus' name. Spirit of the living God, I thank you for every person watching online and every person in this room this morning. Pray that more than anything else, a fresh outpouring of your spirit 
will fall upon them like rain in the name of Jesus. That as they have become honest and vulnerable before you, mighty King and mighty God, lover of our souls, God, I pray that you'll meet them at their point of need in the name of Jesus. Like a mighty rushing wind, you come in, Lord God, and blow every sinful thing, every distracting thing, every controlling habit away, Lord God. So only your ways and your desires would stand strong in our lives. We thank you. God, we pray for those who are online, some uh, far away, miles away. But your hands are not too short and you can still reach them where they are. So I pray, wherever people are, whether it's in the United States or Canada, places across Europe or in Asia, that in the name of Jesus, God, you will meet them and touch them and refresh them. Thank you for this glorious day that we can come again into your house. Though small in number, but indeed, we were glad when they said unto us, Come, let us go into the house of the Lord. And we give you thanks and glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on, just give the Lord a big hand clap this morning. Amen. Listen, enjoy the rest of the day. It was so good, good seeing you. Amen. Tell someone, so listen, you don't want to miss church. Um, get online and um, see if you can get one of the seats for the second service. The praise and worship team will come and they will lead us out in a song of praise. Amen. Join us on Tuesday for prayer meeting, Wednesday for prayer meeting, and cell group goes on a break. Enjoy the rest of your day in Jesus' name.